Game of Thrones Season 5 is days away. It is almost here, but we are just getting started here on the Game of Thrones Book Club with one last show before the show. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh Wiggler. I'm amped up. I'm here with Terry Schwartz. Terry, what's going on? Once more with feeling. Once I can't believe like we've. it's been so many months since our last official Game of Thrones season book club and it's weird that it's already back it flew by this has been fun it's been fun you know it's it's been it's interesting it really does feel like we have just uh flown through this off season um like i i remember getting the end of season four and just being like oh god i'm not ready for this season to be over but time has kind of flown Uh, it feels like just yesterday that the mountain was bashing the red viper's brains in it still hurts it still Still hurts. hurts it'll never not hurt it's always going to hurt. That's going to be the most painful thing of all time forever. I still have not put up my Sophie Turner interview where she says that this whole season is just Oprah in flashbacks and he's actually the only character in this season. I need to put that up. I'm, I'm so I want into that. that. To be I'm, I'm way into that. I'm way into that. I think that that should absolutely be a season. I want that to be what his Netflix series actually is. Like they say it's narcos. They say it's about like drug trade in Colombia and stuff, but maybe it's just the red Viper. Well, here we are. This is, uh, this is the seventh game of book, uh, game of Thrones book club that we have done, uh, in between seasons, in between season four and season five. I don't know what pace we were looking for. I think we said once a month, we didn't quite hit that, but seven is not bad. Uh, Seven is not bad. Seven is like the lucky number just generally. And in Westeros, it's the magic number. So I feel, feel pretty good about this we're just i know that we already said we didn't hit our goal but we're just gonna say that this was our intention all yeah, along. it was our intention all along uh and i certainly think that we will be able to hit seven in between five and six uh if not more probably not less but who knows i mean we've made promises and we haven't lived up to them and uh that's probably just par for the course at this point i mean i feel like that is just part of being in the game of thrones world yeah you can, you're constantly are. getting betrayed it's <laughs> it's true true to westeros life um here's something that is not a lie no betrayal this is real this is happening game of thrones book club has been audio only for a little while but now that the season is starting up again at the very least uh following the first episode uh of of game of thrones season five we are going to do a live game of thrones book club on youtube we will have a google hangout going on uh that is going to be on monday april 13 at 11 30 a.m eastern 8 30 a.m pacific uh so if you guys are around you should definitely tune in for that that's going to be a ton of fun that's going to be the morning after the episode probably going to be plenty and plenty and plenty of things to discuss from the book reader's perspective uh really pumped to do this live terry i am too everyone dressed to impress be there be square we missed you. We missed talking to you live. I'm not going to be wearing a dress, though. Well, I have. We have to earn that. Like that. We to, do have <laughs> to earn that. You know, there will probably be a dress at some point later in the season. You know, yeah. we, we will address the dress. Uh, we will. We will all wonder what color the dress truly is. Uh, but it'll it'll happen later in the season. But we got to like it, we, we got to earn it. It can't just be something that happens in the very first episode. It's true. It's true. It's true. You uh, got to build up to that. So that's so like that, the red wedding. So that's happening. We've been building up to the Game of Thrones season five premiere. We will be talking about it live on Sunday night. It'll be Antonio Mazzaro and myself. Rob Cesarino will be away and not able to podcast the premiere. So Antonio is going to step in for Rob and it'll be him and I on Sunday night right after the episode. Monday morning, it'll be Terry and I here on the Game of Thrones book club. And then at some point next week, Rob will be back. He will join us for the Game of Thrones feedback show. Uh, that will be very fun to, to finally get his take on the premiere but anyone who is uh fixing for some rob on game of thrones action we are on the road to westeros we've been doing daily podcasts here on post show recaps all about game of thrones one question a day in the lead up to the premiere so lots of really fun stuff happening in game of thrones land here on post show recaps if you're not subscribed to all that stuff you should do that it's postshowrecaps.com slash got itunes that way you will never miss any of the game of thrones shenanigans that's going on here around these parts uh with that all out of the way let's Let's start talking about it. Here's the final uh, requisite spoiler warning. This is the Game of Thrones book club. We talk about Game of Thrones from the perspective of people who have read the books. So if you've not read the books, stay away. Go to go to the other Game of Thrones podcast, some post show recaps. That's it. That's the short spoiler warning.
I'm, I can't believe we're so adult now in our I podcasting I lives. Remember when our spoiler warnings were like 10 minutes long? I, I guess I'm sort of doing that right now. I know. Well, that's the thing is we always pat ourselves on the back about uh, how we've done better with the spoiler warnings. <laughs> and we, we talk about it for another three or four minutes. So we should just cut it off here. Yeah. Yeah. We'll cut it off here. Let's let's start talking about the episode and uh, spoiler alert for me, because I don't want to know too much. But ladies and gentlemen, Terry Schwartz, who is the rock star on this podcast, as we've all come to to know and appreciate and understand and love at this point, uh, based on the fact that you have been to the set of Game of Thrones. You're it's automatically true. a rock star. A piece um, of my soul is in Westeros, literally. Yeah. Well, a piece of my soul has died because, Terry, you have seen the Game of Thrones season five premiere and I have not. I have. I've Actually, I've seen it twice. You've seen it twice? I've seen it twice. We're recording this on Thursday, April 9, and Terry Schwartz has already seen the Game of Thrones season oh. premiere twice. So I, I've seen it with an audience, and then I watched uh, it at, in the comfort of my home. Um, and I don't know if there were nece- necessarily things I missed the first time that I picked up on the second time, but I will, and we're getting into slight spoilers here. But... Um, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but two of my not favorite characters are Cersei and Sansa. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't cheer for them. Maybe Sansa more now, but like, I don't cheer for Cersei. I like it when she gets knocked down. There are, there are other characters I would much rather be watching. But in this premiere, and actually I can say I've seen actually the first few episodes in the early part of this season, the characters who I am most interested in and think have the best storylines are Cersei and Sansa. Nice. Uh, which I think is a definite shift. We're used to Danny. We're used to Tyrion. Uh, we're used to Jon. I think Jon's storyline storyline is good. Tyrion and Danny's it's building to something, but we're not. There's not a lot in the first few episodes. It's a lot of setup. Um, although Danny does have like a really amazing episode four moment that you all should be really excited about. Um, but yeah, Cersei and Sansa look forward to them. The, the stuff in King's Landing with Cersei and her dealing with the aftermath of Tywin's death and her having this like real power struggle with Marjorie is done so well in a way that is, I think significantly different from the book, not, in its differences, but in the fact that we aren't in Cersei's head. So she maybe seems a bit more in control um, than like her just bananas, crazy thought process that we see in Feast. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, Cersei's not, you know, the fan favorite character of Game of Thrones. I think that's fair to say. Uh, I don't think that that is insulting anybody. I don't think it's an overreach to say that. Cersei certainly has her fans. That's something we actually just talked about on the road to Westeros very recently. Um, But I I, I think even when she starts having her own POV chapters in A Feast for Crows, it really takes a lot of fans uh, by surprise. I think that a lot of people still don't love those chapters. But I think it's one of those things, like what we said about Danny's storyline in Meereen, that it might translate pretty well on television. Like it might be, it might be a story that's more compelling on TV than it is in the books, if only because. You know, what else is really going on in King's Landing? We've lost so many people. Tyrion is gone. Uh, Tywin is dead. Jamie is still there, but we know the book readers know that Jamie will not be in King's Landing for long this season. Um, so Cersei and Marjorie are really the power players that are still in play in King's Landing. And the King's Landing stories are usually some of the best stories that we get on Game of Thrones. So it's not surprising to hear that you're really digging the Cersei story. In fact, it's really exciting to hear that because otherwise we're talking about about a, a fairly boring King's Landing season. I can't imagine that being the case. Like, I can't imagine having a good season of Game of Thrones where King's Landing is boring. Yeah, it's almost better for the fact that there aren't those other people there. And, I like, I don't think people are going to like Cersei more, but her storyline is just very interesting, especially with the introduction of the Faith, um, which takes a couple episodes to really get into like you get your first taste of it in the first episode and i'm gonna say this because i think everyone wants fans to remember but lancel is back remember who lancel is everyone the the cousin she was boinking the cousin she was boinking who um who got robert drunk and who they sort of conspired to get him to die yeah um 
through that. So yeah, he's, he's back in this first episode with a haircut. Um, he looks a bit older now as he should, uh, but, but yeah, the faith stuff really adds an important element to it. And I, I really like what they've done with it. And Sansa, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself as I often do, but, um, I read the new Sansa winds of winter, winter chapter that came out a couple days ago, or I guess a week ago. Came out point. literally like five minutes after you and I hit stop on recording the last Game of Thrones book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I read that and spoiler alert, like none of that shit is going to happen this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, but, wanted, I wanted to get into that because, um, you know, we, we can do it now. I definitely wanted to talk about the Sansa chapter. Well, what, what I was going to say about it that that struck me having seen the first few episodes is that even though none of the actual plot points are the same the intent is like the spirit of it the spirit of it is very in the same way that the mercy chapter was very similar to the first episode of last season was sticking with the pointy end and and all that stuff so i think that to me was a sign of confidence in that Dan and David surely had read that chapter because it came out like George had, had written it years ago. Um, so I think that even as we're worried about things changing and things converging and, and the show getting ahead of the books, the spirit of things will very much be the same instead of seeing a huge divergence there. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, I did want to talk about that. You know, the Sansa chapter drops that George R. R. Martin drops another chapter from the winds of winter. It's an Elaine chapter, which we know is Sansa. Um, it's, it's the first Sansa chapter that anyone has gotten in 10 years. You know, it's been, yeah. it's been that long. Uh, so that's pretty wild. Um, and I, I mean, I really loved it. I mean, this is this is the Sansa that that I'm a big fan of. You know, the person who is now really, you know, has has learned from her experiences. Uh, you know, being at the mercy of Joffrey and you know suffering through a marriage that she didn't particularly care for, and seeing all the terrible things that have happened around her in the past. You know, several books. I feel like she has learned a lot. She is playing the Game of Thrones, and you see her here, really kind of like twisting the knife with Harry the heir in the veil. Oh, that was she's so as, good. As, as, as like he. He's like calling her a bastard and she's just like throwing super shade at him and getting him to the point where he's like feeling really flustered. So it's it's really just like it's cool to see little fingers to, you know, like his tutelage has like really taken hold with her. Um, and as I'm reading this chapter, I'm thinking like, oh, this is really good stuff. I can't wait to see this on the show. Oh, wait this is not really going to be happening on the show because all signs seem to point to the fact that Sansa's story uh, is going to be changed pretty significantly. There's been a lot of buzz about maybe Sansa is going to Winterfell this season. Um, maybe. And, yeah, well, we, you know, don't don't reveal too, too much. Yeah. Yet. You know, let's try and keep it as much to just the premiere as we can. And even then, let's try and hold it back just a little. Um, but we we do know that things are going to be changing there. Whereas I think the Cersei stuff, there's going to probably be, you know, exaggerations and elaborations here and there, but I think it'll probably stick fairly closely to the script. We know that she's going to have her big scene coming up later this season. Um, but with Sansa, it's going to diverge a bit. And it's exciting to hear that even though, you know, this Elaine chapter, which I thought was really good, isn't really going to be possible on the show. You still seem to think that the spirit of that chapter is going to be very alive in her story this season. Yeah, I think in a large way, her becoming this person for Littlefinger or through Littlefinger is her story. Yeah. Like we we see that from the very first episode in her scenes. She has this spunk to her now she she's smart she and she knows and he knows she's smart and he, you can see him just feeling really rewarded by having her have those moments where maybe not as extreme as with Harry but having her get to those conclusions before he has to get her there and there's there's a scene between her and Littlefinger that I think is in a very similar incarnation in the show, like from the chapter in the show, in the same way that when Arya kills, and I'm forgetting, I'm a terrible, terrible book club person right now, but I'm forgetting who she kills in the, the Mercy chapter versus the show. But in the same way that, you know, that scene is pretty much 
the exact same as that chapter. Interesting. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I like that quite a bit. All right. So that's that's a lot of really good teases for episode one. Let's do um let's do a little bit of a like a grab bag of storylines that are gonna be coming up in Game of Thrones season five. Um you obviously know a little bit more than I do right now and a little bit more than all of us do right now, but everybody listening to this either knows the books, has read the books, or doesn't care, which always baffles me uh but there, <laughs> there, there are those people who listen to this and you know if that's how you get your jollies we're not going to stop you um but but you you know a little bit more than we do and i kind of just want to uh check your pulse on some of these storylines like how they're sitting with you so far what you're expecting out of them as the season develops uh so let's uh so, so sansa and cersei we're giving thumbs up to so far yes we're giving thumbs up to those guys uh so talk me through danny a little bit you said that this is a little bit bit um maybe a little bit of a slower burn it is it's just there's not that much of any one storyline in any episode if that makes sense like we still have a lot of characters and not just talking about danny you mean that each episode is just has a lot going on right yeah well that's that's Um, game of thrones at this point it is and i know that they've tried experimenting with that in the past where they've like held characters for the second episode and the only character who is held for the second episode who's a big one is aria okay Uh, we don't see aria until the beginning of episode two um yeah it's so it takes a little while to get into her storyline but hers is very much about um about her struggle holding marine a big part of that is the sons of the harpy and dario has a really interesting line that i've seen pop up in reviews a lot so i don't think it's that big of a spoiler but he he has a really interesting line to her where he says what is the dragon queen without any dragons Uh uh-huh yeah well, we so we think, know that Drogon is missing in action. We know that she has locked uh, the other two away. So that's obviously going to be a focal point this season. Right. And I think as book readers, we know the big dragon scene that the end of the season is probably building towards. So I think a really interesting facet of this season will be seeing her figure out what her relationship with her dragons is. Because I think that's something she's really taken for granted up until this point they've always been her babies she could always dracarys them and have those big moments but now she locked two up one is out of her control and missing i think her trying to figure out if she is a dragon queen could be a really interesting thing to see explored here where do you think that scene's going to happen where do you think uh drogan flying into the arena and danny riding drogan away where is that happening finale for show finale for show yeah, come on. Come on, that's so finale material. It's going to be a long season to get to there. I'm going to say yeah. second, me- second or third to last. I don't think it's the family. I think that I that's don't know. I, I feel like hard home is going to be. I think that she has to. I think that she. I think that she has to see. Um, I think she has to see the Dothraki in the finale. Like her How final would- her final scene from A Dance with Dragons has to be in the finale. How about this? That can be our Wiggler dress bet. Oh, really? <laughs> if if it's not, if it's in the finale, you wear a dress. If it's not in the finale, like I wear it a dress. No. Sooner. If it <laughs> yeah, happens then, sooner, I'll, it happens I'll sooner. think on the stakes. Okay. Last, last time it was a mustache. Yeah. I want to do something better than a mustache. Well, let me think about it. Okay. I'll think about that, it. I feel like that could be a good... How about, you, how about you dress up like a pirate? Okay. Like a mustache, eye patch, parrot, total stereotypical like parrot on your shoulder. Yeah, uh, a hook if you can. Um, yeah, and you have yeah. to you have to talk in pirate voice the whole time. Okay. No, I don't want you to talk in pirate voice the whole time. That's bad. Well, podcasting. I'll talk in pirate. I'll I'll talk in pirate voice have, a little bit. Have that on command when I say Terry, talk in pirate voice. You'll talk in. Pirate. All right, I have to work on my pirate voice, but absolutely. Okay. Well, you've got a lot. The of bed time. is settled. And all I have to do is wear a dress. I've already done that before. That's easy. Well, you've already set the stakes. It's done. Yeah. It's locked yeah. in. It's locked in. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, so that's Danny. Let's talk about <laughs> about Tyrion. Uh, Tyrion and Varys. So Varys being as involved as he's going to be, um, it seems like Varys is going to be very much in the Tyrion storyline uh, this season. Which you know, in the last one, in 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 a Dance of Dragons, we do we even see him with Tyrion, or is it he's with Illyrio for a little while, and Varys isn't even a part of that? I think that's the case. Yeah. Um, if he's there, it's very barely there. Um, and we are going to have uh, Tyrion and Varys hanging out. That on paper sounds like that should be the most fun storyline, but you're saying it's also a little bit. Eh. No, I mean, it just. It's not it's reaching a lot out of like him. reaching to like we get to see, we get to see Tyrion and Varys hanging out. That's awesome. But there's a lot of like traveling and like Tyrion being sad and up through when I've seen there was like a big moment and I'm like okay but you know it's not going to be the laws of God and men in you know every single scene Tyrion is definitely very sad he might not be asking in fact he is not asking where do wars go but he is still very sad uh still drinking a lot there's like a really gross funny drinking scene for him in fact the first scene with him is really good I'll say that. He has a great first scene. Um, But I was having this conversation with someone else who had seen that first few episodes. And I, I don't think like, I don't think we're going to get Penny. I don't think we're going to get Griff. I don't think we're going to get John Connington, but like maybe they'll find a way to make nods to those things. I'm honestly not sure. Like I really think that his, journey is very streamlined and his end goal is very much marine and we aren't going to get the Aegon stuff but but I always am curious if that's something that we'll see a nod to in some way so it's possible it is like slightly but I think I don't think we'll I think it's characters I think it's I think, a, I think it's depressing but I think most people should be fairly prepared for the fact that those characters are not popping up. Right. You know, I feel, I feel like at this point, a lot of us are ready for the fact that the Connington story, the Griff story, the show is figuring out some other way to pull that kind of stuff off. Uh, and I, th- I think if this season was like all Tyrion, they could get away with it. But honestly, and as someone who really likes that stuff, it would get so boring and overwhelming with all the other stuff that's going on. Like it would get so hard to follow. I really think they already like just bringing in the sand snakes and the sparrows is asking a lot of people with like, just there being so much else going on to keep track of those elements as well to bring in this brand new Tyrion storyline would I think be too much. All right. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Arya. Uh, Arya is not going to be, uh, in the first episode. So we can, we can skip her. Although just based on what we have seen, I mean, there's already been a scene released. Uh, it was on, I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel, uh, that they aired, uh, a scene of Arya going to the, to the house of black and white for the first time. And it looked like an awesome scene. So I'm expecting big things from the Arya story this season, but nothing to talk about here with, with the first episode yet. Um, and then, um also without without spoiling too much you've told me off the air that um there that if we're if we're really on the edge of our seats waiting for the sand snakes don't expect that quite yet either uh that, yeah that's gonna there be a little few, bit to come yeah yeah that's i'll just say that's episode four when we find it takes a little while to get to dorn okay which you know but i also i have also told you and i tweeted alexander sittig is awesome as Doran Martell. He, you don't get much of him, but what you get, like, to me, it had a big impact. Um, and I really, I'm excited to see more of him. I think the middle to back half of this season is going to be a lot more Doran heavy than the first part of the season. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about uh, John. The North is, is, uh, is here. The Wall is here, right? We got yeah. some Wall stuff going on. How's the stuff at the Wall? Because I am pumped for this. Uh, I really like that they have waited on like the whole election thing and Stannis offering John to become a Stark. I'm glad that wasn't addressed last season because I feel like that could be really good stuff this season. Yeah, there are um, there are some minor changes that happen there, but all the big stuff so far has been there for me, and it's it's really good. Uh, the having Stephen Delane there. I really like having Stannis at the wall. I really like the dynamic that he has. And also 
Melisandre's growing interest in John is played sort of funny and uh, and interesting. John's still sad. Oh, of course, he's John Snow. <laughs> he's John Snow, but I think he's like owned that sadness and cynicism, and he's like not having the same sort of BS that he took before. Um, there, I will, and I'm sure if you you guys have been on Reddit, you've seen this. There is a certain line from John's storyline that people really like about a block that doesn't yes. happen. It's not in there. I'm is sorry. It, is it going to happen? No, they just don't have that line. Oh, uh, okay. Well, don't say, say no more. <laughs> I know. I'm just like setting everyone up. Like that's the thing. There are just, there are all these small moments that we as book readers just like love and latch onto and they're like a lot of them just aren't being translated or going like you aren't going to get you're going to get what you want but not everything you want and to me you can either let that ruin it for you and be like they didn't say this or they like included two-thirds of this but not the last third and like let that ruin it for you or you can just be like whatever man like they're still doing it that's why the books are the books and the show is the show and they certainly take full line you know speeches and everything out at some places and yes maybe they could have spent 10 more seconds including this or that but yeah this is my this is my setup in saying either let it ruin the show for you or let it not things are going to be changing big and small well, this is this, I think let it yeah. I think just still enjoy it. I mean we 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 talked about this all last season throughout the off season. It's you know we're right at the door of it now that we have been saying all along like this will be the season of change if if that was ever going to happen, you know, like we are we are at that moment where there's just stuff that is not going to exist on the show that exists on the page and either you're cool with it or you're not. I'm I'm open to it. I'm prepared for it. Uh, the closer I get to it, I will admit the more worried I'm getting. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I didn't expect to be as worried as I'm actually feeling. Um, but I, I tend to have a pretty casual attitude about this type of stuff. So I think I'm going to be fine. But I do think that there will be people who are going to be really disappointed with some of the departures that are made and some of the things that get left out. But uh, what, what are you going to do, Schwartz? What's, yeah, what, I feel what are like you going to do? I feel like if you're watching a moment waiting for a line... The show's the show, the books are the books. Yeah, I'm fine. That that might like make it. And I I've totally been victim of that. They've been like, oh, they're gonna do that. Oh, Uh okay, they just didn't include that line. Okay. And like you feel that disappointment. And maybe that's just par for the course and you have to go back and watch the episode again. Um, which I'm really excited to watch them all when they air and hear see what everyone else thinks about them and see what I missed and you know what I my thoughts have changed about. Um yeah, I will that will be my biggest from a book club perspective. Anything going on with the Boltons in episode yes. one? Yes. Yes. Uh, in ep one. Be, be careful what you say, because I didn't expect to hear the Boltons in episode one. Uh, no. Is it, is it thumbs no, up No, they aren't in down? episode one. Oh, they're not in episode one. But they, they certainly have a presence this season, which I think is sort of sad because they're like the only other storyline in the North that's left. Everything else we had, they're like, so like in, that's not the wall. Um, but yeah, we'll be seeing. I think I'm trying to think what episode. It's either two or three. Okay, well, we see them. We'll get there. So that's that sounds fun. That sounds yeah. nice and dark, which is uh, which is what I like out of the, yeah. out of the Boltons. All right. Well, so lots lots to look forward with these episodes. Overall, what's what's the what's the verdict on on these episodes? There, it's good Game of Thrones. Yeah, I really like it. I've seen some complaints from in other reviews that it's like plotting or slow or whatever, but I didn't feel that way. And I really, I think it's benefiting from some tightening. There were some like storyline convergences, if you will, that I was hesitant about, but that work really well. Um, And I think that everything is escalating to like a point that, everyone should be concerned about. I think a big theme of, or maybe not theme, but just something we see recurring is the, like the people rising up against the rulers, except the people who we like are not the ones who are uprising, but the ones who are being risen against. Yeah, sure. So that's a strange sort of, um, 
if you're looking back for like a parallel in the early se- earlier seasons, we were def- definitely on the side of the people who were making moves against their leaders. But now the people were following our leaders and having to deal with what happens when your people don't agree with the decisions. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge, huge theme of both, both feast and dances, uh, seeing our people, you know, a lot of the people we've come to know and love, or at least come to know some of them loathe, uh, come into positions of power and to see, these people in the hot seat, like seeing Jon Snow in the hot seat and seeing Daenerys really in the hot seat. This is the person who thinks that she's supposed to be ruling over the seven kingdoms. Well, this is like, you know, it's not even VR training. You know, this is it. She's getting like a real training ground here with Marine. And how is she going to do here? And if she can't pass this test, what chance does she have in the seven kingdoms? So right. I, think that's a, I think that's a really cool theme of those two books. I'm really excited to see that play out here uh, on season five. Let's talk about the books for a second, though. So let's shift away from season five. And frankly, let's look ahead towards season six a little bit, because here's here's something that's in the news since last uh, last we talked, which was only a week ago or so. Um, George R. R. Martin, who is very famously gun shy about saying when the books are going to come out because he burned people with feast. He burned people with dance. Uh, He tries not to say he tries not to give any kind of timetable of when to expect his books. He says in an Entertainment Weekly interview um, that it's important to him to have Winds of Winter out before 2016 uh, or before season six, rather. And that's like he is doing everything he can to make that possible. So, you know, he's not saying Winds of Winter, definitely 2016, but he is saying that is the goal right now, uh, which is a more specific thing than he has ever said before about this book. Uh, What do you think about that, Terry? What's your read on what George is saying today? I definitely feel that not only does he feel a fire to, to get this out, but I feel like the end must be in sight, if not close, at least in sight. Because I don't know if you remember, but when I spoke with him, he said his intention was to get it out by the end of last year. So if that was his thought last year, and now he's saying, okay, I need to get it out by 2016, I feel it must be doable Yeah. if he focuses. Like, And to me, something I thought was really interesting in that interview was him saying that he wished he hadn't stopped writing wins and wished he hadn't taken a break after he finished dance because he was on a roll yeah. and taking that stop really delayed him. Yeah. So here's what, here's what he says about yeah. that. Uh, this is, this is from uh, his interview with, um, with James Hibbard from entertainment weekly. George says that looking back, uh, one of his regrets is not plowing ahead into wins after finishing 2011's A Dance with Dragons. This is the quote. I was red hot on the book and I put it aside for six months. I was so into it. I was pushing so hard that I was writing very well. I should have just gone on from there because I was so into it and it was moving so fast then. But I didn't because I had to switch gears into the editing phase and then the book tour. The iron does cool off for me especially. Uh, then he later says when asked to predict how wins might compare creatively to previous entries in the series, he says he couldn't even begin to guess on Tuesday. I think it's the greatest thing I've ever done on Wednesday. I think it's all garbage and I should throw it all in the fire and start again. So that's a little bit of a window into his creative process. Yeah, I definitely, I feel like he is not the, best self-editor maybe well no Um, well maybe he is and you know that's why the quality of the writing is so good but it also just explains why he's so flipping slow uh but i guess didn't tolkien do the same sort of thing where every time he was dissatisfied with something he did in lord of the rings he just started over from the beginning yeah well tolkien wasn't writing in the age of the internet so he wasn't getting across the calls george isn't really either if we think about where well he (laughs) you know i mean he's on live journal and the rest of us are on twitter and facebook and everything but uh, at the same time, he lives in that world, whether he chooses to accept it or not. Um, regardless, what, what, the fact that he's even coming out and saying things like here, here's what he what he says is uh, uh, getting getting the, the book out before season six airs next spring has been important to me all along. I wish it was out now. Uh, maybe I'm being overly optimistic about how quickly I can finish, but I canceled two convention appearances. I'm turning it down, turning down a lot more interviews. Anything I can do to clear my decks and get this done. I don't think that he's saying this unless he really does have it in sight. I feel like he's I, I mean, I hope he's learned his lesson. <laughs> so I, I just I feel like he's got he really has to have, you know, he has to have a line on this thing. Yeah. And I also feel like he's being forced to come out a little bit. I know he said he released the Elaine chapter because 
it had been a year since Mercy, but also his publishers were telling him, you got to put out something. Um, had it but really I, been a year since Mercy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it was around the time last season premiered. Um, yeah, but I feel like they must be doing it to generate that hype. And I have this problem where I'm so excited about it. And I'm like, maybe if I just sit real still, it'll just like <laughs> it'll appear, it'll show up. <laughs> it'll come. Um, yeah, but I hope the lesson he takes away from this is if he really does get with this great momentum maybe cancel all appearances until you're done with the dream of spring that would like, be nice That'd be don't nice. take a break whatever you do do not take a break just yeah. get it done yeah that'd be good that'd be good um the other interesting thing he reveals in this interview is um he has come up with a big revealing twist on a longtime character that he had never previously considered this is interesting this is what he says about this this is going to drive your readers crazy but i love it I'm still weighing whether to go that direction or not. It's a great twist. It's easy to do things that are shocking or unexpected, but they have to grow out of characters. They have to grow out of situations. Otherwise, it's just being shocking for being shocking. But this is something that seems very organic and natural, and I could see how it would happen. And with the various three or four characters involved, it all makes sense. But it's nothing I've ever thought of before, and it's nothing they can do in the show, because the show has already, on this particular character, made a couple of decisions that will preclude it, where in my case, I have not made those decisions. Terry, what is he talking about? Do you what? think he just figured out R plus L equals J? No. <laughs> he like just read that. He was like, oh, he was like really holy shit. <laughs> this totally works. Did oh you see all this God. stuff? <laughs> That's a great theory. Oh, I love it. Uh, no, it's interesting. I think that you have to, you have to look at it probably as, I mean, the second that you start saying you have to look at it as anything is the moment that, well, you know, I'm getting it wrong, but I'm going to choose to look at it as a character that he has, um, written one way and the show has done something very different with. Uh, yeah. so I'm trying to think of like who those candidates are. I think I honestly, I read that and immediately put it out of my mind because I was like, I will never be able to figure this out. George, you're a fucker for doing this. Oh my because God. Like, hard F bomb. I know. I was like, I was like, you know what you're doing. That's why you're so excited about it. It's a good tease, but like, there's no way to narrow that down. Like it's so vague. Like, could it be Jane Westerling? Could it be Braun? Could it be Stannis? Could it be Victorian? Could it be, like, any of the... It could be anyone. It could even be John or Danny or someone like that that they've just done a little bit different. Yeah. To me, I'm like, that is, that is a, a rabbit hole. I do not want to follow him down because I will lose my freaking mind until I'm, that book comes out. I'm just going to... Just to go down the rabbit hole <laughs> i'm gonna say it's got something to do with lady stoneheart and it's got something to do with podrick and brienne and jamie those are the three or four characters it couldn't happen on the show because they've chosen not to do lady stoneheart uh that's my prediction put it in the book plan in the flag your your hype is strong your tinfoil yeah. hat is on we'll never know i mean we will truly never know because by the time that we get there we're just not gonna know it's true yeah but i hope that he like puts a little asterisk next to it and says Hey fans, this is this is what I mentioned, like in the published version of the book. Uh -huh. A little note next to it being like, This is this is the twist I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that would be nice. But he's not yeah. gonna, he's not gonna do that. Well, <laughs> right. um, my hype is strong. My all right. Is strong. So that's that's the word from George R. R. Martin today. Uh let's talk about the word from David and Dan, the showrunners of Game of Thrones, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, who uh Terry, you finally got your interview with these people. I did. You I did. Like I sent them questions. I was told they wouldn't answer all my questions and they answered all my questions. And go. it's only five. That's not that many, but I, I was like, could not be more pleased. And their answers are super fun and insightful. I, they said more than I expected them to say. All right. So get, let's get into this a little bit. So tell us the highlights. Okay. The what's what's going to be interesting for us? Highlight to me, my first question was, as we're at season five and there's no new published source material, what becomes easier or harder about writing the show? And they go through the same thing about like, George said he's, it would be unproducible and it takes, it's a lot for us to make it. And it's like a full year job for most people. And we can't do more than 10 episodes. Um, 
what what he said that what they said that I thought was really interesting is that uh, in terms this is the quote in terms of story and characters there's a simple carrying capacity that any TV show has the amount of information you can have in play before people lose track of what's going on and therefore lose interest we think we operate right on the edge of that carrying capacity so the biggest challenge in the adaptation has been resisting the urge to expand and finding a way to start contracting because in show terms it's time for that to happen that's interesting i mean that basically spells out why we're not getting things like uh like griff and john connington totally Um, but to me like the resisting the urge to expand i think is important because i think most people are like oh David and Dan just want to ruin everything that I love. And I don't think, I think they would put it all in if they could. And that's what that comment says to me is that they want to, like they would want to put in all those elements, but they just can't. Yeah. That speaks to a question that we got on Twitter from uh, Remgar on Twitter. Rem wrote in and said, why would the producers ignore so much book content intent on rushing to finish and spoiling the books? Basically what I mean is there's so much content that they didn't get into. How can they say they outpaced the books when there's so much they haven't gotten into from the books? And I think that that's, uh, you know, it's, it's totally valid and fair to have that feeling, especially if you come from this as somebody who really loves the books first and foremost, to have that reaction to the fact that a lot of stuff is not on the show. You know me, Terry. I'm still super furious about Strong Belwaz sitting yeah. on the bench. But when you do hear something like this from, from David and Dan, when they're saying resisting the urge to expand, you do get the sense that they would have loved to have Strong Belwaz as well. But they're making a TV show, and they have to make a TV show that's 10 episodes per season. They probably can't go much further than seven episodes, maybe eight, uh, not episode seasons, maybe eight seasons. Uh, at the at, Probably at the most is what they'll do um, if they do like, uh, season seven that's in two parts that's kind of my prediction um you know they they only have a finite amount of resources and time uh to do all this stuff in and as much as they would love to plug that stuff in they just can't and i don't think that it's a matter of them being like eh, well whatever on strong bell was like i don't right. think it's like eh, he's just kind of lame we're not going to do it i think it's truly like we can't we can't do strong bell was we don't have time to do john connington like now is the time on the show that we got to get Danny and Tyrion in the scene together sooner than it is in the books. Uh, yeah, you know, you lose that momentum if you keep spreading it out. You can do that in the books. Like it, the, the the books afford you the space. You know, the the thing about about a novel is, you know, you don't have to worry about a budget. You don't have to worry about an actor's contract. You don't have to worry about time in the same way. Uh, you can tell your story at whatever pace and at whatever scale you want in a book. On a show, there are realities that you have to consider, and I totally get why they why they do it the way they do. I think that that's why I mostly feel pretty zen about their approach to the show, because so much of those first seasons were so on point. Uh, we're so faithful to the books, and still today, there's so much that is so good. Uh, the Red Wedding, the Purple Wedding, the Red Viper's Death, these are scenes that really are, are, if not total spitting images of how they played out in the books, are so faithful to the spirit, at least, and the feelings that you feel as you're going through those scenes that I really, I trust in these guys so much, so that when when they say things like this, and when they have to make decisions and, and cuts that we don't necessarily want them to make, and don't want to see, and are not feeling great about out. I understand why they have to do it. Uh, and I, I like this answer that they gave you. I think that that's a good answer. And I think that people will see with the exception of maybe Aegon, who I don't, they might cut and same with iron islands that they might just cut those plot lines entirely. I don't know. I think you'll see a lot of characters doubling for other characters. And my example will be Ilaria sand. Like we aren't getting Ariane. But I think Ilaria is Ariane. Yeah. And especially in that Dorne storyline, I'm pretty sure Tristane is just Tristane and Quentin. And they're consolidating there. But those storylines will still happen. And the one that I really hope that they reappropriate is Manderly. And my theory is that they can just have it be Great John, the Great John Umber. And have him do that Manderly stuff instead of introducing that character. And I I wonder if that's just what they're going to do going forward is like. Well, he's been MIA since season one. He was at least there. He was. Like having Lancel be the way that you see the faith because you know who Lancel is and that triggers something in you. And like you care about Ilaria Sand already just because she was with the Red Viper instead of introducing a new character. Like I, I get there are already so many characters that most people can't keep track on this show that 
bringing in like a familiar face to do a role that was someone else's fine. Yeah, sure. Just like, like get those story points in, which I think that they will, but this actually, the, they answered five things. Um, these two answers struck out the most to me. The, the last question I asked that I didn't think they would answer, but they did was, was there one sequence from the books you left out in previous seasons that you're most bummed you didn't get to include? And if so, what was it? And they said there was a battle in season one where Tyrion was going to go into battle behind the mountain. Alan Taylor, who's the director, had planned it and it was going to be great. And then we ran out of money. We loved Alan's workaround, however, in episode 109, where Tyrion gets literally knocked out of the battle and it made Tyrion's Blackwater battle more fresh. So no blood, no foul. Fair enough. I agree. I didn't I didn't know they wanted to put that in. I had never heard that before. I'm not surprised that they wanted to put that in because I'm not either. But, you know, if there's one thing you could knock season one for it's it doesn't really have a moment quite like that uh and i think a lot of people you know when they first were figuring out what game of thrones is they're like there's no battles i thought this was lord of the rings uh you know you find out pretty quickly that it's a it's a similar coat of paint but it's a different product we're talking about here um and i like that like i like season one without without a battle scene i think that ultimately it's probably good for the show but i'm not surprised to hear that they wanted to do it because it's such a badass scene and that they had planned to do it they didn't even want to they had like it planned out and they just didn't have money. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's cool stuff. We'll, we'll plug, um, a link to Terry's zap to it.com interview with David and Dan. We'll plug that into the show notes for this episode. Let's start wrapping up Terry. Cause I know you got to get to work. Um, do. Let's, let's, let's field a few questions. we got a few questions from you guys in between book club podcasts. We'll answer a few of them. Uh, although probably a lot of them we've already addressed in some capacity. Uh, and certainly we're not going to know the answers to a lot of this stuff, but we will, we will do our best. Um, this came to us from Scott WC, Scott, WC wrote in and said, which characters do you think the possible spoilers from this season will come from? Talking about the possible spoilers of what Dan and and Dave said about uh, the show spoiling the books. Uh, Scott says, based on the preview trailers alone, it looks like we might get uh, Arya's story from Dance and not much else until wins, and it looks like they might fast forward on Tyrion's story. So what's your take, Terry? Which which stories that that we're going to get more of on the show that we haven't gotten in the books yet? Like what of winds of winter is going to leak into season five? Do you think? I think based on leaked images from production, Danny and Tyrion's reached yet. Um, I also think Sansa maybe since that's taking a different turn. And I feel like Cersei because you can't end on the walk of shame. Oh, but it's it only a little bit past that. I feel like I feel like you need to like hit a point past. And maybe maybe Jamie, maybe Brienne, since those have got to be fairly different. Yeah, I mean, um, I, don't, I don't know how those. I have no idea what those stories look like this year. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's all. That's really tough to guess. Yeah. So I mean, those would be. I guess you just in bringing up Cersei. Do you think uh, are we going to get Kevin Lannister this season? I can confirm. Yes. Okay. So so I think that the Kevin Lannister thing might be the end of the season. Varys coming back and and, uh, Shank and Kevin Lannister. That's my call. Maybe I would like that. I think that. Yeah. You don't reintroduce him for nothing. No, you don't reintroduce him for nothing. So I think that'd be a cool uh, season ending thing. All right. I, I do think I do think generally this show is going to only slightly pass like if if it passes it's gonna be like in the last episode instead of like going through all of a win storyline in this season yeah yeah it's possible um all right this is another one this is from dylan we touched on this briefly will we meet penny this season you say niche niche yeah i i mean like maybe we'll see a young dwarf woman walking around but not you don't think she'll be important no no uh how about brown ben plum i i don't know like may they maybe they reappropriate that probably not specifically well they they, character i don't know if they're gonna do the battle of marine well not probably not this season but they have to do it eventually yeah uh that's got to be like a, a season six thing you would think uh, this from, uh, John Santucci. Will we see Victorian and Euron and his dragon horn this season? Will we see Quentin Martell? I'm going to say no to all of them. I'm going to say no to all of them. I'm pretty sure that 
Quentin interesting or the same. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, but I, I don't. Ex- yeah, adding Iron Island stuff, I think, would be not too happen, much this season. Happen. Yeah, and Michael Eels, uh, last question. Michael Eels saying, "Will we see any of the Iron Island stuff this season? If not, how disappointed will you guys be?" I think we both agree it's probably not going to happen. Are you disappointed by that, Terry? I will be disappointed if we never get it. How would I say that? Okay. Like maybe, maybe we just save that for future seasons because there still is the Balin Greyjoy, like Yara loose end stuff out there. I think it is possible, potentially even probable that we never get it on the show. Maybe. But I mean, that's, that's coming from not knowing how important it's going to be in the books, but in the books so far, not that important, you know, like it's, it's being set up interestingly, but but not important yet. So I feel like if we can get rid of young Griff, we can absolutely get rid of uh, the Greyjoys, unfortunately. But I think that if you can cut the Griffs, you can cut the Greyjoys. And honestly, maybe that's something that happens off screen. Maybe like Bruce and Ramsey are having a conversation about how Balin died and there was a king's moot and a new king was named and Theon overhears it. Maybe we get it, but we don't see it. Yeah. So. All right, Terry, that's going to wrap it up today. That's going to wrap it up. Yeah. I can't believe that I know. by the next time we talk, Game of Thrones will appear. We'll be talking about actual Game of Thrones stuff. I'm really pumped up. I'm really excited to see these episodes. Uh, sounds really, really, really cool stuff. I'm really amped up about the Cersei storyline and the Sansa storyline. It just seems like it's going to be a fun season. Uh, at the very least, an interesting thing to be talking about all season long from the book reading perspective of how things are changing, how things are staying the same, what's the reaction to those kinds of things, and hearing it from you guys, because the, the people who listen to the Game of Thrones book club, it's, a, it's an interesting mix of people who are really devoted to the books, people who have read the books but are you know kind of uh, you know equally loyal to the show and the books, and also people who have read the books but came to the show first. So the show is their first love. So I think there's a lot of people who are here in this book club of ours, Terry, that are going to have very different reactions to how season five plays out. I think that's going to be a really fascinating conversation to have all season long. I've been, um, I don't know if I would say excited about it necessarily uh, in the months leading up to this because potentially it could be a, a very delicate conversation that we're going to have to have, an unpleasant one potentially, but definitely going to be interesting. Uh, and so now that we're here, I am excited to have the conversation. I think that it's going to be something that's going to be a lot of fun to bat around with you, Terry, and with everybody who listens to what we're talking about here. This will be a good therapy session for everyone every week. (laughs) All right. So so therapy, a.k.a. the Game of Thrones book club, is going to be on Monday, April 13th at 1130 a.m. Eastern, 830 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, Go to postshowrecaps.com and we will have the show page. Uh, We will have the link there so that you can watch live on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, postshowrecaps.com slash YouTube, and you will be able to find us there at 1130 a.m. Eastern, 830 a.m. Pacific on Monday Uh, and if you can't make it live you'll be able to listen to us in the archives as well so it'll all be good subscribe to what we're doing postshowrecaps.com slash GOT iTunes follow Terry on Twitter she's at Terry underscore Schwartz I'm at Round Howard like Ron Howard but rounder Uh, anything else Terry are we ready to rock and and go into the weekend and get ready for Game of Thrones I actually can't wait I think that I'm just gonna pull a brand mirror and Hodor and like disappear from the next few days and then uh, yeah. show up and then ready just, and then you'll just show up okay yeah. that's a good plan I like that plan uh, I will do the same thing although actually I will be watching Daredevil on Netflix oh uh, which, okay which yeah, is premiering like on Friday we're podcasting about that here on Post Show Recaps by the way uh, my good friend Kevin Mahadeo and I are gonna be tackling one episode of Daredevil every single day uh, the same way that Zach Brooks and Rob Cesarnino podcasted about House of Cards. So it's a pretty low-level commitment for you guys. One podcast a day about every episode of Daredevil until we run out of the first 13-episode season. Should be pretty fun stuff. So if you're uh, looking for extra stuff to listen to here on Post Show Recaps, that's going to be a good one. Um, other than that, we'll see you Sunday night for the Game of Thrones premiere podcast. We'll see you on Monday for the book club. Uh, and we'll see you all season long. It's happening. We're here. We're in Westeros. It's great. It's a good time. It's it's happening. We're all doing it. Okay. Uh, We will will talk to you guys very soon. Thanks for listening as always. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.